Hi, and welcome to the Live Your Best Life podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Jameson. I'm here to share personal health and wellness stories with you. I also hope this podcast will inspire you on your own health and wellness journey. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to share it on social media. Take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram story. Tag me at Kathy underscore live your best life. Also, feel free to leave a review where you listen to your podcasts. Before we begin, I want to remind everyone that this podcast was created for general informational purposes only. None of the content on this podcast should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you've heard on this podcast. All right, now on with the show. Hi, Christine, and welcome to the Live Your Best Life podcast. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you have lost over 100 pounds and you credit a ketogenic or a low carb, high fat diet and fasting for your weight loss and how you gain back your health. I think a lot of us have preconceived ideas about fasting and might be hesitant to give it a try. How difficult really was fasting for you? Well, I, I, it actually was quite easy, and I, I'm hesitant to say that to people because I I don't want it to make like I don't want it to sound like it was too easy. But the first thing that I learned the day that I discovered Dr. Fung was that we don't have to be eating around the clock. And I was stuck in the normal standard dietary dogma of eating five to six meals a day. And as soon as he introduced the idea of not eating around the clock. I was like, I could do that because I'm never hungry for breakfast. The only reason I'm hungry, I'm eating breakfast is because they're telling me to eat breakfast. So I immediately cut out breakfast and immediately started 18-6 fasting daily. And that was really easy because I, my hunger never kicked in until about 1130 or noon every day. So that was my first step. And I can say that was easy because it just went with the natural rhythm of my hunger. And within a few days of eating a strict keto diet, I discovered that my hunger was starting to be controlled. And then I was e- it was easier for me to implement some of the other protocols that Dr. Fung uh, suggests in his book and in the obesity code. So yeah. I have to say it was not difficult. (laughs) That's a long answer to your question. (laughs) I I love long answers. Um, Okay, great. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely easier to fast when we're fat adapted. I think if you're if you're eating high carb, high sugar, your your body screams if you go a little while without food. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. I relate it to being on a roller coaster, which I'm not a huge fan of roller coasters, so you know, the up and down, the up and down gives me a sense of dread. And that's what was happening, you know, on a higher carb diet is my sugar was plummeting and 
my body was screaming at me like I would scream on a roller coaster. So that's how I like to relate to it. So, yeah, I like that analogy. Um, And also, too, I think we're all taught all our lives from a very young age, you know, breakfast is so important. You have you can't skip a meal. You have to eat. So it is a switch in a mindset for sure. So did anyone try to discourage you from fasting, fear of the old myths about fasting? Not really, because I took Dr. Fung's advice, and I didn't really talk about it to very many people. My immediate family knew about it, and I explained the basic science of it to my husband, because he would have been the one to give me the biggest pushback or think it was weird. But they, Absolutely. yeah, my family, they're, they're, they saw me struggle with my weight issues for decades, and they could see my excitement about this new lifestyle and that I was really committing to it. And so they were actually a huge support system. I was very lucky that my kids were older and, you know, approaching young adulthood at the time I started this journey. So they're pretty self-sufficient. So when I was fasting, you know, I just put out a warning to everybody. (laughs) I'm fasting today. So you're on your own. And they were all wonderful. So, uh, and and because I didn't let the secret out of the bag at the time, I didn't get any flap from anybody else. So uh, I can really relate to that because uh, my own daughter is 16. And so at first, I didn't tell my family when I was doing intermittent fasting and skipping breakfast, I would be at work Monday to Friday and just not skip bre- and skip breakfast at work. And then on the weekends, I would I would eat breakfast with my family because well it's kind of a, a family tradition we like to go out for breakfast in the morning so I would okay. stick to my schedule Monday to Friday and then my first week of holidays when I was home with my husband and daughter I was like okay guys this is what I've been doing I've been intermittent fasting and this is why and there's scientific evidence behind it I'm not crazy <laughs> and, right. and, and similarly yeah if, if there's a day where I'm doing a longer fast and I'm, I'm not even having dinner I will just tell them okay guys you can have whatever you want for dinner tonight because I'm not eating I'm not cooking <laughs> yeah yeah I mean we're you're like lucky as I was that they can be self sufficient and I didn't you know we didn't have to feed toddlers or anything like it did eventually get to the point though where I was so fat adapted and so in control of my um eating because I wasn't hungry and i you know I realized I did need to eat through this um experiment and experience of fasting. I eventually got to the point where I was able to cook meals for my family and not, you know, it wouldn't bother me to be preparing right. food, knowing that I wasn't hungry and I wasn't going to eat it. So, yeah, yes, yeah, so that's all part of the journey, too. So. <laughs> so is fasting something that's hard to fit in with family life or big events? I mean, we've already talked about the family life aspect, but um, right. what about other things? The, right. Immediate family, as I explained, yeah, not difficult. The beautiful thing about fasting is there's no hard and fast rules to when and when you have to do it, what days. I do like to try, you know, I'm very goal oriented. So when I was in my weight loss part of my journey, I did have a fairly routine schedule. But if, for example, if I was fasting on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays and Christmas fell on a Friday, then I would just make an exception and 
and reschedule. And I would always, um, you know, I would always plan around my social calendar or holiday calendar and it just worked out perfectly. And I think that's the difference between ketogenic diet and fasting as opposed to counting calories or, or other diets. Right. I, remember in the past, I would stress out so much about parties and uh, social functions thinking, oh no, is there going to be something there I can, I can eat? Am I going to eat all the bad foods? And fasting is flexible. Right. It's very flexible. Right. And then like, if you were a member of Weight Watchers, you have, if you're facing Christmas and you're like, how many points am I going to be able to save for dessert or whatever? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't have to worry about that. So it's so freeing. (laughs) I have to admit, um, I personally don't count macros or carbs. I, I really just focused on, um, eating good whole foods and, and staying away from some of the higher carb foods, the bread, the pasta, all yes. of that. That's one of the things I, I love is counting anything I think gets exhausting. Yeah, it's, um, I, and I fully support people like you, but I've, <laughs> I'm an accountant. So those kind of things, like I kind of, I geek out a little bit on charts and graphs and stuff like that. So I did use macronutrient counters. Um, my favorite is the carb manager app, but I don't do it all the time. I do it now occasionally just to check in with myself. And then I did it during my weight loss journey, just because I like to see the patterns and see what's going on. So, well, also too, I think it's personality types. You like those numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what did your fasting schedule look like in the beginning when you had a lot of weight to lose? You, you mentioned a like, for example, fasting on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, did you do a lot of um, long fasts? What was the longest one you did? did you, was it usually 24 hours? Yeah, I, the first book I read on the day I discovered Dr. Fung, I ordered the obesity code, which was a great book for explaining the science of all of this. And he did have quite a few fasts mentioned in there. So I latched on to the three daily or three weekly fast for 42 hours each fast. So that was my pretty normal routine. And because my life was pretty structured at the time on Mondays, I went to an exercise class on Wednesdays. My kids were at church youth group. And on Fridays, I just decided that I, because I like the rhythm of the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I just decided Monday, Wednesday, Friday would be the best fasting schedule that would fit into my routine, my daily routine. And so on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I didn't eat. I would eat dinner Sunday evening, and then I would not eat again until like Tuesday lunchtime. So that's where you get the 42 hours. So then I would eat two meals a day on Tuesday, stop eating by six o'clock, don't eat Wednesday, and again, eat on lunch on Thursday. So there you get your another 42 hours. So I did that pretty regularly through my weight loss journey. And it worked since it worked well with my schedule. And since I had tons of fat to burn, and I was not hungry, I just found that schedule to work perfect for me. So and then I did throw in an occasional longer fast 
longest fast I have done uh, a couple times I did five day fast and I, I had set out to try to do seven day fast, but by the time five days came around and I always was listening to my body and I ate when I needed to eat. And there, that was just an amazing time of, of weight loss and healing and self-reflection and, and learning how to recognize true hunger and learning how to not let cravings and such control you. So yeah, it was a beautiful, a beautiful thing to learn about fasting from Dr. Fong. It was, I call it the secret weapon, not so secret weapon, secret to my success. Well, even just learning how to listen to our bodies, I think it's something that we forget when our health is not in a good and it's right. all about learning how to listen to our bodies and it is important during fasting one of the things that I discovered when I read Jason Fung's book uh, The Ultimate Guide to Fasting was that uh, you shouldn't feel nauseous or dizzy or lightheaded when you're doing a fast so if you do feel any of those things you you should you should right. stop and, right. uh, was right. the five-day fast uh once you got going, would you say it was any more difficult than your 48-hour fast? I know. It seems like when it, they, first of all, they worked, the five-day fast worked best for me around my cycle. And I would try to do those at the end of my cycle. And so there were certain times of the month that I felt like I could do it easier. Um, but no, they really, it, it was just an incredible thing. Like people say, you're not going to feel hungry or, you know, hunger does come in waves and you can ride it out and drink some water for a few minutes. And if that keeps you going, then keep, you know, then I was able to keep going, but I would say, no, I, the only reason I could do a five day fast is because it wasn't difficult. So. All right. Well, I think a lot of people, myself included, don't even realize that they are unwell until they start to feel better. They think <laughs> all the aches and pains of lethargy they feel it's just normal for them. Oh, that's just the way my body is. That's the way I am. Yeah. On your blog, you list all the health issues that have been eliminated through eating low carb and fasting. I'm just going to go through the list. You say, okay, obesity. You, you have obesity, extreme fatigue insulin resistance or hyperinsulinemia, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, this was confirmed by ultrasound, obstructive sleep apnea, the need for the CPAP machine for the sleep apnea, daily headaches, monthly migraines, cystic acne, joint inflammation, insomnia, and cravings. So my question is, did you think some or all of these conditions were just normal for you, did you have any idea or hope that they would disappear from your healthy lifestyle? Yeah, some of them I just felt resigned to for the rest of my life. For example, obesity, because I had tried every diet under the sun, you know, Weight Watchers, Medical Weight Loss Clinic, counting calories, um, you name it. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the standard dietary 
uh, world. Right. And extreme fatigue. It was just something I was used to. I would come home from work and I would just feel like crashing because I'm thinking, well, I just worked all day. So why shouldn't I be tired? Um, insulin resistance and hyperinsulinemia. I didn't really know too much about that at the time. I wish that the doctors in the hospital weight loss program I was in at one time had told me about that. That would have been the place I would have learned about it, you would think. Um, Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease doesn't have any symptoms. So I had mm. e- didn't even have any idea that I was living with that. Obstructive sleep apnea. I knew that that could be weight controlled if I was able to lose weight. So that was something that was always on my mind. And um, the daily headaches, I thought those were just a fact of my life. It's just what it, it is, what it is. Uh, my mom used to get a lot of headaches too. So I just figured it must be something that I'm going to live with. Monthly migraines was something I lived with also because of my cycle. Cystic acne. I had no idea that as soon as I quit sugar, that that would be completely eliminated. I didn't know at the time that sugar was the culprit. Um, And then the aches and pains and insomnia, that was probably just thinking I was aging. So normal. (laughs) Um, And then cravings. Yeah, I had really never really thought about how, you know, feeding your body with a high carbohydrate diet can trigger those cravings because of what's going on with your insulin and your blood sugar. So um, I, I pretty much thought that that was just my life. And I had always hoped that I would be able to eliminate obesity. And I always knew that obesity was the reason I had many of these health issues. But I was pretty hopeless in being able to beat that. So I kind of resigned myself to all of those health conditions. It it sounds overwhelming just listening to all of those conditions. Even even the right. daily headaches alone. Right, right. And you know, those were as soon as I quit sugar, those were eliminated. So now it's like sugar's the culprit of those daily headaches. And so crazy to think about it. And it's and it's amazing too when something, it's part of your life daily, like eating sugar. Like there's sugar found in, in everything. So if you're not trying to eliminate, you're consuming it daily. Right. Even if you're having cake or pie every, right. every day. Um, and then I think when you do eliminate it and say one day, you know, mm-hmm. you accidentally have some or you decide to treat yourself, then you notice, oh wow, I feel terrible. Uh, for me, it was. Um, mood swings and and my hormones oh, yeah. i had no idea that they were so crazily out of whack until right. a few months went by and i'm like oh i'm not having crazy pms i'm not yelling and screaming at my husband for no reason right right i should add mood swings to that list on my blog because that is definitely something that uh has completely 100% flipped so right yeah i was just a my kids used to call me Krabby Patty because my kids grew up in the age of square, uh, what's his name? SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Krabby Patty. My yeah. And my daughter, my husband and my daughter loved SpongeBob and would watch oh. it together quite a bit when she was younger. <laughs> yeah. And it, they don't call me Krabby Patty anymore because I'm not Krabby anymore. So that's, that's is awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
you've been married for 28 years and I'm wondering if there's anything you'd like to share regarding how your major lifestyle change affected your relationship with your husband. Did your husband join you in your efforts? Did it cause any kind of divide? And how did you both overcome that? I am so blessed because he has supported me on this journey from day one. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, he had seen me struggle for years and years and years. So um, our, our relationship actually has drastically improved because going back to being crabby, nobody wants a crabby wife. And it's funny, yesterday, even my, my son, who's 25, he's um, starting to, you know, realize things about relationships. And he said yesterday, happy wife, ha- happy life. And I'm like, yeah, Kyle, that's so true. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I told him, I'm like, it's kind of cliche, but yeah, I mean, if that's, that's a good rule to live by. So got lots of joy and lots of happiness in this this household has been restored, which has been wonderfully amazing. And it took two years, but my husband finally did join me on this journey. And he, he never, um, needed to lose a lot of weight. He's never battled with obesity or any, or being even that much overweight, but, um, he finally decided that, that he wanted to feel better. He's had a lot of stomach issues. He used to take uh, stuff for his stomach. I'm not even sure what he was taking, but like, for instance, he had a very low tolerance to dairy and he would take stuff if he knew he was going to have something with dairy in it and always wanted to be near the restroom just in case there was any emergencies. But anyhow, so he started eating. He's not strict keto, but he started eating low carb. And I was able to stop cooking side dishes that I always made for my family, like, you know, pasta noodles or whatever they were still eating. Um, He doesn't eat any of that anymore. And he's lost, I think he's lost 25 pounds and looking very slim and trim. But the best part is that he no longer has any type of stomach issues at all. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Again, I mean, weight loss is great, but mm-hmm. I think health is the goal. And I think when right. we healthy, weight loss for some people who need it, it will happen just because your body is doing what it's supposed to do. But right. Right. Uh, I think it also says how ketogenic diet, lifestyle, it, it can do a lot than just weight loss for sure. Yes. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I always say that the weight loss is just like the side benefit because everything else is just, that's what you, your health and wellness and knowing that you can go like, I'm in my fifties now and I feel better in my fifties than I ever did in my twenties, which is crazy to me. And makes me a little bit sad that I missed out on all those years of feeling well, but yes, the health and wellness is definitely where it's at. And not only just physical health, but the emotional health has improved and my spiritual health is just on fire. And yeah, it's just been a complete lifestyle change, which is amazing. So one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about health and wellness is because I grew up with a father who was obese my entire life and he ended up passing away at the age of 54. Hmm. I can remember situations that 
for an average size person would be nothing, but for someone of my dad's size would cause anxiety. For example, if we went to a new restaurant, he didn't know if the booths would have enough room or if the chairs would have arms that would be too narrow. What was one of your first big non-scale victories of something you were able to do that you couldn't do before the weight loss? I would have to say that very early on in the keto and fasting journey, I discovered a tremendous amount of energy. Like I was bouncing off the walls with energy and I was able to get chores done that I never would have even wrapped my brain around. Like my house became so purged, <laughs> just <laughs> like the linen, the linen closets got cleaned out all the junk drawers got cleaned out I mean just stuff that chores that I used to dread doing you know like cleaning out the linen closet those kind of things got done and I was happy and and joyful doing them and so proud of myself when I got them done and I just didn't know what to do with all this energy so that is one of the most amazing things and one of the first things I noticed about what was happening in my body. I, and I used to like to picture like there was just a furnace in my body and, and making me go like a train, you know, the pouring the coal into the train and um, I just kept chugging along. And normally I would come home from work in the past and come home from work and sit on the couch and maybe I would make dinner. Maybe we would get carry out because I was too tired to make dinner. And that all completely changed. Very quickly, too. So as soon as I, you become fat adapted, I, t I like to tell people to be prepared because you're not going to know what to do with yourself. <laughs> and it's such a domino effect. It affects everything. You have more yeah. energy. And then by cleaning your house, that just has to feel like a big weight lifted, like, you know, everything's clean and organized. And it's, it's yeah. just win-win. Yes, definitely. For sure. Yeah. So, Christine... You have helped and encouraged a lot of people in their healing journeys as well. You have quite a few success stories posted on your blog. It must feel great to be passing this healthy knowledge on to others. Yes, it's actually like my goal in life now is to give people hope that there is healing out there because I was hopeless. I was completely hopeless. And, you know, it, it took the to it took me to I know it's very cliche to say this there's nothing like a big health scare to help somebody get to the realization they need to take control but I mean that's what happened for me and it was just a mirror I consider it a miracle that being so hopeless and being so stuck in standard dietary advice it is a complete miracle that I stumbled upon the intermittent fasting and ketogenic lifestyle because I was I didn't go out there searching for it. I had no idea. Even when I quit sugar, the the word keto never even came before my eyes and all the stuff I was reading about hormones and quitting sugar and then just that one day it showed up. And so because I discovered that and it was so drastically different from everything I'd ever done, I knew that other people out there would appreciate the the information. <laughs> and it is, yeah, every day I wake up and I just pray that my story can help one person find hope again and hope for healing and hope for an, um, improving their lifestyle and 
and just feeling better. So that's really what it's all about. Well, when you know something so good, you can't help but share it. You just want everyone right. to know about it. Right. So right. I recently read this book called Own the Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus. And one of the things that he talks about is how we're all social creatures. And it's so important yep. for us to make time to be with our tribe, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. I know you're very active in your church and you have a keto tribe that you refer to on your blog as your fat burning friends and you get together. Yeah. How, yeah. how important do you think it is for us to build up a support system of family and friends? Oh, yes. I think it's really important. And I try to be available to my friends and family as much as time allows. That's the one thing I wish I had more of is time in my day to be able to help people more. I mean, that's really just my goal. But um, yeah, I mean, when I discovered this lifestyle, I was kind of alone. And really, Dr. Fung was the only person at dietdoctor.com were the only influences I had at the time. So I was spending a lot of time reading them and being on the website and reading success stories and um I just I appreciate the community so much and all the people I follow in the keto community and the fasting community it's all very supportive so I like to bring that local as much as I can and be available to my friends and family and anybody that wants help and I um yeah even though I work work pretty much full-time still in my career my corporate career I this is like a huge passion that I have and and I respond to emails that come in through my blog and I I sit down locally with people as much as I can and yeah I I really think people when they see somebody that has had success um, obviously success stories are very motivating And it is just helpful to have somebody hold your hand, even if it can't be physically, you know, if we can give other people uh, encouragement through whatever means that person needs, that's, I guess that's why I started my blog and what this is all about. (laughs) And it's my pleasure to do so. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure and my joy to do so. Well, speaking of your blog, where can people find you online and on social media? All right. My blog is at joyfulketolife.com. And I all of my social media links are on the homepage of my blog. They probably show up on every page of my blog. But I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I'm on Twitter every once in a while. Um, there's a big keto community on Twitter. And I just started a new YouTube channel, and that can be found on YouTube under my name, Christine Tremp. Tremp is a T-R-I-M-P-E. Um, everything's linked on my blog, though, so that's the best way to find me, joyfulketolife.com. Perfect. Well, yeah. Christine, I think your story is just so inspirational, and I truly believe that your joy for health and wellness We'll keep changing lives and help others take the steps that they have been afraid of in starting their own wellness journey. Right. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kathy. And um, good luck on your newest, this new 
that you're on with your podcast, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to share this podcast on your social media. Take a screenshot, tag me at Kathy underscore live your best life. Tell me what your favorite quote was from the show. I'd love to hear your feedback. Speaking of feedback, don't forget to leave a review where you listen to your podcasts. Also, wherever you are in your own health and wellness journey, I hope you take some steps to live your best life.